All right, good morning and welcome. If you want to start off, we'll turn to uh, Ephesians chapter 6. You're looking at verse 12. Take a moment if you want to get there. Ephesians 6 and verse 12. For we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that they may be able to stand in the evil day, having done all to stand. And let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity today, Father, to be in your house, to hear your word, Father. We just ask you to open our hearts and minds to receive it, Father, to give us what you have us to hear, Father, to take myself out of the way. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. I try to always be open to what God would have me to speak on, and sometimes it's through what's going on in the world, sometimes it's through my personal experience and just how God relates to me through prayer and, and just through study and, and that conversation. And um, you know, we've been talking about you know, getting back to basics, how we need to do certain things, what's our part, what we need to do to be able to have a relationship with God, to be able to access all the things that Jesus died to give us, how we can access the kingdom of heaven, how our, how our prayers answered, our needs met, and what we need to be doing. What is our part? And, um, you know, God will let you know when you're on the right track. And also... Satan will let you know when you're on the right track, too, if you just know what to look for. Because, uh, you know, I think we talked about it a little bit last week. You know, we talk about prayer and having our prayers answered and being healed and being safe. And then all of a sudden, just out of the blue, you get something that, that, that shakes you. You get something that changes that course. And it's like you're like, oh, well, why, God? Why? And it seems like lately, uh, you know, been going through this a lot. It's just like one thing after another. And, of course, we always want to go back to that, you know, thing, you know, why God? Why are you allowing this? But it's, wait, it's not God. And then we have to look and see what it is. And we just, from our scripture here, we see that we're not dealing with flesh and bone. We're dealing with something bigger. We're dealing with good and evil. And we get this image, you know, of, of what media, what TV literature shows us of, of Satan, but really it's a it's a invisible dark force that that messes with us, and we have different ways that we we interact. Of course, we can call upon God, we can call upon that power, but there's many things that we already have access to that we can use. You know, if you come home from somewhere and there's someone standing in your yard and as you approach your house, they walk over and push you down. That's not something that you're going to stand for. You're going to 
have them removed from your property. You're not going to be treated that way. You're in a place that you're supposed to be. You have authority to be there, and they do not. You know, you watch your, your, some children play, and they'll go back and forth, and one of them might be passive, 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 and all of a sudden, he reaches the point where he has his breaking point. I was watching my two boys do that the other day, and one of them usually just, you know, whatever. And all of a sudden, he just reached his breaking point and said, enough's enough. I'm not going to be taken advantage of anymore. And he pushed his brother down and took his toy back that he got took it away from him. But the thing is, we don't react that way when it comes to Satan. We don't... We just kind of let him be. We don't realize that's something that we can, don't have to stand for. Let's look at James 4 and 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The devil doesn't come at you directly. We've talked about it before. He comes at you through suggestions. He comes at you through distortion he's a liar he's a liar he takes the truth and he twists it and it makes it look different and in the verse before we talk about putting on the whole armor of god god is our defense against satan we see the example whenever jesus was tempted by satan what did he do? He resorted back to the word of God. He showed what the truth was by using the truth, the word. And that's what we have to do. We have to arm ourselves with the word of God. We have to put on that armor. We have to resist Satan. You know, there's many ways that Satan can come at us. Of course, if we are living a life of sin, if we are pushing God away, we are not accepting God, we are not living a godly life, it makes it real easy for him. Because each one of these little deficiencies gives Satan a way in. I was just talking to someone the other day, and they were talking about how they haven't been to church in a while. And they said, at first, every time they would miss, they felt guilt about it. But now it's becoming guiltless. Because the more that we do something, the easier it is. Whether it's missing church, whether it's calling in the work, it starts becoming easier to do again and again. And that guilt that we feel becomes suppressed. 
And that person said, well, maybe that's a sign now that I need to start turning around because I'm no longer, I'm no longer feeling that. So we, we have all these, these different ways that he can come in by just not living a godly life. But even at that, even the most devout Christian can come under the attacks of Satan. Because we all have cracks in our armor. Why? Because we are all human. You know, we talk about these things that we default back to. All these things that we're trying to reprogram by using the Word of God, by developing new tactics, new mechanisms. Because what do we want to do? If something bad happens, we get fearful. Whether it be we have a financial problem, whether we get sick, whether we have, a, you know, something happens, someone comes against us, the first thing we do is we get fearful of it because what's going to become of this situation? And we start thinking about all the, the negatives that can happen and all these different things and what can we do and what if that doesn't work out and we become fearful. Faith cannot operate in fear. So what do we do? We lose sight of God. And that is just being human. What we have to do is, is cut it off and realize, because the first thing we're going to say is, why God, why? That's always the first thing that pops up. Why God, why are you allowing this to happen to me? Why am I having to go through this? And the first thing we have to do is say, it is not God. God does not make bad things happen in our life. That is sin. That is Satan. That is the world. Yes, God can intervene. God allows us to go through things. But he is not the orchestrator of it. And what he's doing is, is he's using these things. Just... Example, you know, I said that we're talking about this and, and then these things that you, we leave on a high note and all something, something happens. We get a, some, you know, and we go back and it's like, you know, well, we're, here we are, we're trying to, to do God's work. We're trying to teach. And then it's been becoming that much harder now because instead of being a positive example, we have these monkeys that keep jumping on our backs. They're looking like that's nothing's really working. But yet, we can think about it that way, or it can be what it is today, a teaching tool showing us that there is more we can do, more for us to do. We can resist the devil. We see many examples where Jesus drives out demons. He rebukes the demons. And they have to listen. Whatever we bind on earth, we bind in heaven. Whatever we bind in heaven, we bind on earth. The same power that brought Jesus from the grave 
resides in us. See where I'm going with this here. We have already been given the authority to rebuke Satan. We are not his. If you are a born-again believer covered by the blood of Jesus, you have already been bought and paid for. You are no longer property of Satan. You are no longer property of this world. And they have no authority over you. Now they have authority over this world, but not you in it. And we have a hard time separating those things because we know we just look at what's in front of us. And it's the world that is infected with all this sin. It is the world that causes all these things. The things that develop in our bodies, the sickness, it's all of the world. Our problems, it's all of the world. But we are not part of this world. We have a different place. We're just hanging out here for a while. And we have to separate that. We have to know where our authority is. Matthew 16 and 22. Then Peter looked, took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou art an offense to me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Peter was looking at things in a worldly view, not from a godly view. Jesus knew what he had to do. Jesus knows all. And this is a prime example of how Satan can use anything and anyone to come against us. You know, anyone that's had a, raised a small child and walk out of the other, out of the room for a minute and come back to a total disaster knows that Satan can use that child. They use our friends, our spouses, anything that he can worm his way into, he can use against us. Why? Because we are all in this world. We all have our vulnerabilities. And there's all have these moments of weaknesses that allow him in. We've seen this more this, this past year and the beginning of this year more than ever with the division that we've seen with this nation. With the things or people that are willing to do to point, to push their point across, to get done what they 
want to get done. And it doesn't take much. Just a little bit. A little bit of a, of a twisted truth. A little white lie. A little bit of indifference. And then it can start to, to fester into something really bad. We get a little bit of a, a foreign object in our body, a splinter. And it's going to cause pain and discomfort. And the more that you, you leave it there, it's just going to become redder and infected and become a bigger and bigger problem. And that's where we are with all aspects that Satan gets to in our lives. He takes something small and he just jabs a little bit in there and just waits for it to grow. And that's what's happening with us today. We have to start stopping. Get our emotions in check. Focus on the problem. You know, we, uh, we, get, we get excited. We get panicky because that's what, that's what our emotions do. You know, we, we, get, we get sad, we get angry, we get fearful. And that, that clouds our judgment. We have to learn how to back that down. And we're all capable of doing it. You know, I'm say, well, that's just the way I am. We'll change. We can control ourselves. God has given us this magnificent mind that can do all these amazing things. He gives us all these emotions to have so we can experience things like joy, like happiness, like passion, and we have these other things so we really know what the difference is, so we really feel the difference between a, a sadness and a happiness. We see that contrast there. That's amazing things. We have this, this body that can do all these things, all God-given. So we, can't, we shouldn't listen, limit ourselves to just well, that's the way I am. It's not. Because we are never meant to be just the way we are. We're meant to be better each and every day. We're meant to reach our potential. And so many times we just simply stop growing. You know, we start out as a little baby. And we, we learn things. We learn how to, how to roll over. How to crawl, how to stand up, how to walk, how to run, how to feed ourselves, how to put on our clothes. And, you know, and then we, we get some schooling along the way and we learn a few things like that. And then it seems like we just kind of stop. We just stop maturing. We get older, but we stop maturing because we just don't, don't see it anymore. You know, the early years, it just happens so easily. And, you know, it seems like, I don't know, if you talk to this, this different generation now, things that have like a totally different outlook on life. I remember when I was growing up, it was so important to be able to do all these different things, to reach all these milestones. You know, it was so neat once you've, you've, you've 
became a teenager. You say, I'm, well, I'm a teenager now. And then you get your driver's license. That was like the, the biggest thing. And these kids today don't even want to get their driver's license now. They don't have a, a drive. You know, it was, it was an adventure to, to start college, to be able to go and do these other things and learn these, these special skills and different things like that. And, and it's like there's that drive is gone. That is just want to, I don't know, exist. And then we kind of just get caught up in, in the mundane of life and just we just do the same things over and over again. We get into these routines. You know, we switched up a little bit this morning, and I think that's a good idea. I think every now and then we need to switch it up because we turn religion into a routine, and that's not what it's about. We're not here because the calendar says it's Sunday. We're not here because it's a certain time on a Sunday. We're here because we want to have a relationship with God. We are here because God tells us we need to gather with fellow believers. We're here because the word of God is being taught and we need to have a desire to want to learn it. Those are the reasons why we need to be here. Not the socialize, not for the program, not for the music, but for the word of God. Because that is what makes a difference. We don't have to accept what Satan throws at us. We see Jesus rebuking Satan. Has any of us ever really done that? Have you ever walked through your house and banished him in a loud, stern voice in the name of Jesus? Do you know what power that is? The demons, they fled at the sound of his name sound of his voice that name is just as powerful and we can wield that weapon so here's your challenge this week and as we move forward we always don't have to jump right into having God save us from every little thing that comes away. We have the power to do things on our own. You know, if I was to ask one of you to come up here and hand me this book, that would be pretty ridiculous because it's right here. And God is thinking the same thing. For a lot of things we're asking him to do, all we have to do is reach down and pick it up because it's right there. He's put it right there for us. It's like he's prepared this grand meal, but yet we want him to feed it to us too. We can't even be bothered to pick up the fork and put it in our mouths. We have the authority. So sometimes instead of God save me, God, deal with this situation. Deal with it yourself. Rebuke Satan in the name of Jesus.
See, that's where we have to know the difference. Because when we know what the source is, if we're blaming God and questioning God, Satan's winning. He's getting what we want because he has already twisted our minds. He's already put that thorn in. It's already begun to fester. But when we can realize right off the bat, God is good, that the, what's, the situation I'm in is not because of God. It's because of either A, something I have done, or B, because Satan has came against me. And he is going to try us. Especially the more that we realize how things work, the more we're trying to do God's work, count on God, turn to God, turn to prayer. He's going to try even harder to turn us around, point us in a different direction. But that's all he can do is try because we know what the truth is. Resist the devil and he will flee. Because if you're giving him a foothold, if you're allowing that little bit of crack in the armor, you are not resisting him. If you have that little bit of doubt, that fear that God is not doing what he's supposed to do, that God's not going to help you, that this word is not valid anymore, then you are not resisting the devil. The only way to resist the devil is to truly and wholeheartedly have faith to believe that God is good. And after a while, Satan's going to realize that those tactics ain't going to work. And he's going to leave you alone. Not saying he won't be back, but he will leave you alone for a while. Let's try some different tactics.